Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Gavin Scriven. People call me Dr. Gav and with me is the founder of the non-surgical penis augmentation procedure uh, we call Caliber, Dr. Jason Oates. Thanks Dr. Gav and together we are the Dick Doctors and we are going to be talking about all things penis. Uh, our area of expertise is um, injectable penis augmentation. There's a, a lot to talk about um, penises and uh, together myself and uh, Dr. Gavin will be doing that. Hello, welcome everybody. I'm Dr. Gavin Scriven uh, and this is The Penis Show. Uh, and with me today is my esteemed colleague, Dr. Jace Notes, and together we are the Dick Doctors. How are you going, Jace? Uh, hi, uh, Dr. Gav. Uh, good to be uh, speaking with you again. Uh, and it is my great pleasure to be able to introduce to you and to everybody uh, Gemma Sharp, uh, my occasional co-author. Uh, and a National Health and Medical Research Council uh, Senior Research Fellow at uh, Monash University, where she uh, leads the team on uh, body image research uh, uh, studies. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist running her own private practice as well, which specializes in the treatment of body image disorders. Uh, welcome, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. I've never been on a show called The Penis Show before or joined The Dick Doctors. So this is a new experience for me. So thank you for having me. Look, Welcome, Gemma. Thank you so much for joining us today. Nice to see you. Thank Indeed. you. Now, um, you, um, you, you run the, the Body Image Research uh, Group. Uh, uh, so the first question that I have is, uh, is a guy who's wanting a, a bigger penis um, got a, a, a body image um, problem? I think it would depend on the person, wouldn't it, Jason? I think some people may have body image issues and some people may not, but they clearly have a concern about a body part. And that's where I suppose I would take that conversation, exploring, I suppose, what may have led them to think that, uh, that it might be an issue. Maybe they don't even think it's an issue at all and they just want it to be bigger. So I think there are a myriad of answers to that question. Okay, yes, you got out of that very well. <laughs> Um, um, is there any uh, research literature um, about guys who are wanting to have uh, a bigger penis? As you well know, Jason, we've published quite a few articles in this field uh, in Aesthetic Surgery Journal. And of course, if people want to um, read this literature, then they can contact us and I'll send it to them. Um, yeah, we'll put yes. some links uh, uh, to this at the, uh, the bottom of the show notes. Oh, one, wonderful. That's great because they're actually freely accessible, which is, you know, a wonderful coup of this, of this journal. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, when we started collaborating, Jason, there wasn't heaps in the literature. Uh, it was really just more to do with how how the procedure was done rather than men's perspectives and I think what we did really nicely was to give those men a voice as to their stories their reasons because the literature I'd seen previously was just like guy x wanted a bigger penis and it's like well of course that's why that's why he's come but but like what's the background and I suppose what we found were a few um, different motivations um I think it probably comes as no surprise to your listeners that um, penis size often is related to a, set, a man's sense of masculinity and sense of self. And that was a big motivator. Like just, I want to improve my self-esteem, self-confidence. Um, there were some guys who had had some pretty bad experiences in sexual encounters. Um, uh, partners had told them that they had a small penis. Um, 
they felt like they couldn't satisfy their partners. So they were, I suppose, trying to overcome those um, those issues. Some so guys... Cruel women making terrible comments. <laughs> I, uh, I really have to defend my gender here because um, it goes very much the other way, as you know, Jason, with women's surgeries and men's comments. So, um, Indeed, in so fact, I that's how I, we... Um, that's how we first got in contact, wasn't it? When exactly. When you were doing research on female cosmetic genital Exactly. Food. So I think it can be a, a sexual partner of any gender who can make those comments, I think, because we don't tend to show our genitals to very many people. I, I don't know about you guys. Um, I but... a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so those comments. And uh, we've had guys just say, I just wanted to fill out a pair of swimmers better. So obviously there's that aesthetics as well. And then I think um, just a combination of reasons as well. So there's no, there's no one reason. Like every, um, every patient I spoke to had a really unique story. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, and and they were you know such good storytellers and it was an absolute joy to do that research. Yes, thank you for that. Um, and then there's also other research that's showing that um, dissatisfaction with penis size was actually very common. Um, I think over fifty percent of, of guys in, in in some of the research. Yes. Uh, and then frequently, obviously, uh, also their partners were not dissatisfied with the size. Yeah, so it shows that there's that mismatch, doesn't it? Like the, you know, not not everyone's partner is saying go get penile augmentation. They're actually going, no, I'm I'm very satisfied. But but the patient themselves is saying, no, I'm not. And I think that speaks to, I suppose, broader societal factors around what what a, a penis size means for a man's sense of masculinity and his ability and his sexual prowess. So I think it's not, you know, it's not just partners, it's sort of that narrative we hear throughout our lives um, about, about penis size bigger is better. And uh, we know that the partners are not necessarily saying that. Is bigger better? <laughs> That's <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm pleased you clarified that. Um, I, well, the, the research is equivocal. Like, it, it, you know, some, sometimes the research says it is and sometimes it, it doesn't. So there's no clear answer to that. Um, and I think the patients themselves believe it. And that's what obviously is prompting them to, to come in and, and seek this treatment. Um, in our most recent research uh, project, um, when we were... Uh, discussing it with the, uh, the psychologist from Curtin University that we're doing it with, yes. one of the questions that came up was, why do guys want to have a bigger penis when they've already got a normal size penis? Uh, and in the literature, um, there are these comments that, you know, what they need is psychology and not augmentation. So, should guys be having psychology for their um, desire to have a bigger penis? Well, I think, Jason, this speaks to like a really broad discussion of how psychology and aesthetic plastic surgery should be working together um, for all procedures, I think. Like, I think having a psychologist on staff is a, a wonderful step that any practice can take. And I think 
sometimes a discussion with a psychologist might might be the right choice for a patient but other times it might be i'm sorry that noise in the background um hopefully you can edit that out sorry um <laughs> uh, so yeah sometimes a discussion with a psychologist might be really helpful sometimes and and sometimes the psychologist might go absolutely this person's a great candidate for this procedure go right ahead in fact that is the majority of recommendations we make we are not gatekeepers to people getting procedures we just want people to get the best outcomes based on their expectations mm, so okay. and in fact you know all of the patients i interviewed from your practice jason from what they were saying i would have given the green light for them to go ahead they had very realistic expectations they weren't expecting this penile augmentation to be the cure-all for their relationship issues they weren't expecting to be a whole new man or anything like that they were just like yep i'm going to get a bigger penis and that's what i want and so that that's what psychologists do really. We just sort of check is like, are there any underlying psychological disorders and do their expectations match what they're going to receive? And, you know, if there's no disorders and if they match up, then we go, please go ahead. And we think you'll, we, you'll really benefit from this. Mm. So in, in this case, uh, thinking outside of the, the penis realm, um, yes. yes, the number of cases, patients that I've sent specifically to psychologists. And really I've been sending them to the psychologist for the psychologist to say, no, you shouldn't have surgery. This is not well, appropriate. It, exactly. You're already screening them, aren't you, Jason? Like, whereas yeah. if you had a psychologist on staff, then you just do it as routine. Um, yeah. and, and, and obviously you're, you're picking up on that they maybe have an underlying psychological disorder like body dysmorphic disorder, where we know that they're never going to be happy no matter how many procedures they have. And, um, it's, and it's unethical to, to perform these procedures anyway on someone with BDD. So I, I think you know, you're, you're kind of already doing it yourself. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Gab, yes. let's bring you in here. And, um, what's your sort of experience with uh, the patients and uh, sort of motivations and um, you know, psychological type issues that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, look, um, it's really interesting and, and great hearing what Gemma was saying because um, I, I really agree um, with everything she just said. Uh, obviously, it's come from the research from our procedures anyway, so it makes sense that I agree. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so from a personal point of view and my experience with my clients, um, the, the, the thing that Gemma said about having an individual reason and every, every single reason is different is so true. Everyone has a great story. Um, has a really interesting story and has their own motivation um, to come and have the procedure. It's not, or it's, it's, it's not just one reason, you know, just cause I want a bigger penis. There's, it seems to always be uh, a personal motivation behind that. Um, uh, and having uh, that, then when you look into the personal motivation, I think um, for myself, I am screening uh, to see if that personal motivation is maybe not very healthy. Um, from a psychological point of view and an emotional point of view. Um, you know, for example, if someone's uh, got clear signs of depression, uh, clear signs of, you know, anxiety, um, and they're looking for something to um, alleviate those symptoms, that this would not be, you know, obviously cosmetic procedures is not something that you'd recommend for someone to be treating depression or anxiety or, or any psychological issues. So I think that's the, the definitely always in the back of my mind. Um, I think, Gemma mentioned relationship issues and try and, and having bad experiences and someone telling them that they, um, you know, that they were not as satisfactory size or, or something like that. 
um, which is really not nice experience for someone to go through. Um, and I unfortunately do have a lot of guys, you know, telling me that story. Um, I've had bad experiences. I have a lot of um, male clients who have come out of um, messy divorces and, um, you know, bad breakups uh, who are really low in confidence and low in self-esteem. And I think that's where I'm really concerned uh, and worried for my clients because I feel like they're in a vulnerable state um, emotionally and psychologically um, and they do need to seek some kind of help from a psychologist during that time. And um, coming to me as a first point of call for penis augmentation is not not the best step forward, I think, for those guys. Yes, and Gemma has a hand up. Yes, Gemma? I, I think like what you're saying there, Gavin, is really appropriate. And I, I think like what you could find is that they see a psychologist and then that, you know, we alleviate some of those depression, anxiety symptoms, and they may still come back to you for the procedure. And that's oh. great too. Like, I think that's a really good outcome, like preparing someone well for the procedure mm. by... Yeah by addressing some of those relationship yep. issues and they might go there and you know what that that caliber procedure is exactly what i want to do still and we'd be like yep. well you're in a really good position to do that now yeah yeah 100 and we just want to as you said make sure that they're doing it um with their the right uh, um in they're in the right state of mind mm. uh and they're consenting to a procedure in, uh, with the right expectations and doing it for the right reasons um and you know what a lot of my guys are quite insightful they actually say, hey, I know I've come out of a bad breakup and I've been, had bad experiences and I know this is not, um, I'm not here to, you know, fix all of that. Um, I just think it's a great procedure and I want to get a bigger penis and I think it's, um, but I, I realise it's not going to solve all my issues and they're quite insightful. So I've got yeah. to give credit to the patients as well. They, they understand that. And you know, they sort of see themselves as being a bit freer now and now they can make that decision to go and do it. Exactly. And, um, and we, we don't make guys go and see a psychologist um, before they buy a Porsche, uh, which is the other <laughs> thing that I rush off and do. Uh, but maybe they, they should. Um, I, well, I think a, a, Porsche, a Porsche isn't a medical procedure, Jason. So I think, you know, it's maybe it's a bit lower risk. It's um, <laughs> much more a financial risk though. True, true. Uh, and, um, but you know, that similar sort of thing, you know, they've gone through that breakup, they're looking for that sort of new release, something, and yeah, so they go off and, and, and buy a Porsche. And as I often say to guys, um, uh, having Calibre is a lot cheaper than, than buying a Porsche. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is that sort of balance, isn't it? And in fact, sometimes the more intensely a patient is wanting to have the procedure, the more value that they place on it, the more concern that we need to have as, uh, as doctors as to whether this is the, the, the right sort of way mm. uh, for them to go because they're more likely to have, be the people who are going to have body dysmorphic disorder, they're going to have ongoing concerns and, and not be satisfied. Whereas the patients who tend to be the happiest are the guys who it's almost like a bit of a laugh to them, you know, I thought, well, you know, a bigger penis, who doesn't want to have a bigger penis? So I thought I'd come and, you know, have a chat to you about it. It's, um, it's something that they're interested in, but, you know, their life doesn't revolve around the size of the penis. Mm. Guys whose life revolves around the size of their penis, those are the ones that I find we need to be yep. more concerned about. They're showing those signs of body dysmorphic disorder that There's we need to do on. 
Yeah, that's exactly right, Jason. I mean, our diagnostic criteria is that the the appearance concern, the body part concern impacts other areas of functioning, like it might intrude in their work lives. It certainly would intrude, in, intrude in, on their relationships and, and social life and things like that. So, um, so yeah, that, that really does tick that box of BDD. Mm. Yeah. And, and so uh, many patients I've said, um, look, you know, you don't need it. And, and as Gavin, you're, you're so, sorry, uh, experienced with as well, the vast majority of guys have got totally normal, average size penises. And you say, look, you, you don't really need this as a, as a procedure. You know, this is a, a, a desire. Um, you can go and see a psychologist and, um, and they can work through this with you and you won't, you know, have that you know, concern and worry about it anymore or we can make your penis bigger. And they all say, just make my penis bigger. Mm. <laughs> that, that's your experience? Yeah, yeah, that's 100% my experience. And um, yeah, just to add to what we were saying before um, about those guys, um, uh, you know, having gone through maybe bad experiences or trying to um, go through some self uh, improvement in their own lives, it is um, the one thing I look for in guys often, and which I see as a good sign, um, is they are focusing on themselves and um, saying, you know, now I've got a bit more time to myself. I can improve things in my own life. I'm eating healthier. Um, I'm exercising more. Um, you know, I've taken up extra classes in something because I'm enjoying that more. And they seem to be flourishing in all different areas of their life. And they said, oh, and on top of that, I'd like to get, you know, a larger penis um, because yeah. I can and I have the time and, and the freedom to do it. Um, so that's a, I, I see that positive side as well with guys coming out of those bad experiences. Um, uh, yeah. So it's not, it's not all negative, but yeah, certainly I, I have seen clients who are, who I would think where it would be appropriate. And I do mention it um, uh, where they, they should be getting some more help um, and maybe, you know, seeking um, help from a professional psychologist just to work through those issues and, and by all means come back and, and have a chat to me as well um, in the future about, uh, you know, the, the penis augmentation. It's not off the cards. It's just they're going through a rough time. Yeah. I guess the other problem is, uh, especially in this sort of post COVID, are we post COVID or we're probably intra-COVID um, world. I think certainly speaking from East Coast Australia, it's not post-COVID for no. us. So in a COVID world, um, you can't get to see a psychologist anywhere um, anyway, because they're all fully booked and it just, uh, it's just impossible to get in and see them. That, well, yeah. there's, some, there's some truth to that. Jason, yes. Um, I mean, it's good and bad, isn't it? Like, you know, lots of people seeking treatment, but uh, we are a bit overwhelmed. I think telehealth has really helped us open up more places and things like that. I think without telehealth, we would have been really, um, really in a lot of trouble. I think, I suppose the patients you're recommending, like what we can do is maybe just do that kind of one-off session just to, just to get them going and then follow up with them when we've got some space. So I, I don't think, like I think potentially some of your patients might be thinking, oh, I need to sit down on a couch uh, for years, psychotherapy, and the, the person will be isn't there smoking a do? pipe. Uh, <laughs> it, really, it really isn't. Um, and I think what you could talk about is just the benefits of just a single session of just having a chat about these issues. Because often we do make quite a bit of progress in a single session for this very specific kind of issues. Like particularly because I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to cure all your relationships relationship issues and all your childhood trauma it's like we're just seeing your suitability for this procedure and what might help you get to 
be suitable for it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just uh, wary of time and obviously I'd love to speak about this for forever with you, Gemma, because I think it's fascinating. Um, but <laughs> Happy to come the... back anytime to the penis <laughs> show. Sounds like a real winner. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things a lot of our clients would be interested in and what I'm interested in as well, and I know Jace and yourself have done some research into this, is um, having found the good candidate um, and they've gone ahead with the procedure, yes. What are the psychosocial outcomes for these guys that you've found? Like, how, how do they feel after getting a procedure like this? What, what's the common outcome? It's, it's usually they do feel that sort of um, self-confidence increase, particularly in those kind of locker room situations where they might have previously covered up with a towel. They don't feel they need to now and they, they might feel a bit more confident in their relationships and things like that. The, the effects are... I, like the effects are not enormous as you might expect. Um, like I don't think we could expect an entirely new life, but the, the effects are moderate and, and people do, do tend to benefit. I think probably what does happen in research is that we tend to get the sort of happy customers. They're the ones most likely to tell their stories. Sure. Um, I think with Calibre, I suppose people always want that kind of more permanent fix. Uh, that That is often mentioned, like I have to come back, but I actually think that's a good thing because it gives you a chance to monitor how they're going and assess that, I suppose, psychosocial functioning when they come back for their top ups. Um, so I think it's actually really great that it's not permanent. I, maybe mm. you guys have different thoughts on mm. that, but I, I think it's a really good opportunity to keep monitoring these patients. Sure. Yeah, so we don't really have the, um, the injectable options here in Australia for doing permanent augmentation. Um, we've been doing this for, for over five years now, and we have a couple of different products, and one is a, a considerably longer-lasting product. Um, if we had the availability of the permanent product, I'm not sure I'd be jumping into using it uh, either. Um, mainly for that idea that uh, if you use a temporary product, if you have uh, an issue or a problem, then you can have a temporary issue and you can correct it uh, with a permanent exactly. product. Exactly. Much harder. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, in, in Tijuana in Mexico, there's a clinic that is very successful uh, in using permanent uh, products and uh, maybe we'll try and get them onto the show at some point and talk about uh, uh, what, they're, what they're doing. Uh, thank you very much, Gemma. That's been really insightful. Um, perhaps we will get you back again and um, see if we can focus on some more of these um, issues because it is an important thing. Um, it's certainly something that um, we get criticised about is, you know, should this sort of procedure be uh, available at all? But I, mm. I, I do nose jobs and, and facelifts and, you know, we inject products into people's lips. And, you know, personally, I don't see sort of any great difference um, from doing those procedures to doing a, a penis augmentation. Uh, and, you know, I think if you, you know, style your hair, you know, match your belt to your shoes, you know, if you're focusing something on how you present to the world, that maybe this isn't such a huge leap in being different. Mm. It's more of the medical sort of side. And there's certainly something special about genital areas that we need to be thoughtful about. But I don't think we need to be, you know, um, you know, just so reticent that we can't even consider this as a, as a, as a treatment. And that's why we started all this five, six years ago. And, and yeah, just to add to that, Jace, a lot of the guys I talk to uh, benefit 
from just being able to talk about it. Um, they say, you know, I, I don't talk to my friends about my penis. I don't talk to my parents about my penis. <laughs> um, so becoming and, and finally talking to someone like yourself is, and you know, you're approachable, it's, I'm comfortable here and I, we can sit down and frankly talk about it. Uh, is just a benefit in itself. Even if they didn't go ahead with the procedure, um, they feel it's it's nice to be able to talk about it and about their concerns because they may have had these concerns for their whole life um, mm -hmm. and never really talked to someone about it. So, um, I, are, they're I, amateur psychologists. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I really do think it's a it's a, a topic that's worthwhile um, discussing, and also that these clients, um, yeah, obviously we, we know they do get some kind of benefit. Um, from a psychosocial uh, point of view from the procedure, but uh, at the same time, it's really important to um, consider, you know, the reasons behind why they're getting it and the, the current sort of psychological and emotional state that they're in. But that's like any cosmetic procedure, as you said, Jace, from your experience. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Gemma. It was great having you here, finally getting you uh, to come and speak to uh, everybody on the Penis Show and Penis Podcast. Thanks, Dr. Gav, and we will have to get together again soon. And... Uh, find another penis topic to talk about. Excellent. Well, yeah, this we've met where the dick doctors has been the penis show. Don't forget guys, confidence changes everything. Um, and thanks so much, uh, Gemma. That was uh, fantastic and lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Bye. See you everyone. Bye.